Yeah. It was, I mean, just like having the refrigerator right there. Oh, yeah. Having a bathroom that's my own. Being able to just freely eat like that. Stop. I miss it. Being able to like look professional on the top and wear cheerleading shorts on the bottom. Literally. Loved it. 15 minute break, walk around my neighborhood. Yep. It's honestly depressing me. Sometimes I'm like, just give me one month. One month to be like pandemic again. Yeah. Not the pandemic, but just like. It's like work the pandemic from home. minus the actual pandemic. Minus the disease. Know? Yeah. Let me work from home. Exactly. I totally feel you on that. Welcome to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, and today my student is Ashley Alfonso. Ashley, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Is this your first time being on a podcast? Yes. Literally, I don't know why I keep asking students that, because it's every single person's first time. Go ahead and tell the audience your hometown, your college institution, and your major. Um, so my hometown is down in South Florida, for a small, smaller city called Coconut Creek. Um, I did my undergrad at FAU, and my major was biology with a minor in communications. On the drive over, we were talking about clinics. Right. Clinics is, one could argue, all about communications. Yeah. Ashley, I'm sure you've heard a lot of students, and I don't think this was you, but tell me if it was, where they choose vet med because they hate people and they love animals. You've heard this. All the time. Was this your reason for going into vet med? Absolutely not. Why? Actually. What was your reason? Um, so I really, like, I was like the usual student where they're like, oh, since I was a kid, I wanted to be a vet. But as I got older, I kind of started falling in love with, like, the science of the medicine. And then when I actually started getting experience, I realized that I really liked the client interaction aspect mm -hmm, of it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it was just, like, started as a kid and then just kind of grew I mean, the good thing is you matured. You didn't yeah. stay in that, like, childhood, I love animals. Because some students never grow out of that phase. It sounds to me like you found the more mature perspective of, like, science, medicine, clients, yeah. which is so important. And yeah. that's usually what I tell pre-vets. I'm like, first, I need you to love science and medicine. Then I need you to be able to talk to people. And then you can love animals. Yeah. You are a person of color. Yep. Talk to me about how you can reach a different set of clients and communicate differently because representation is so important. Like, did you see anyone who looked like you as a child as a veterinarian? Uh, no, definitely not. Talk about that. Um, so growing up, like literally, I think the veterinarian we had um, throughout my entire childhood growing up was a white male vet. Um, and then when I started working, it was through like a white male vet. And then I worked at a wildlife center where it was like all white female mm -hmm. veterinarians. And they were all amazing people to work with. It's just, you know, I never really saw vets that looked like mm -hmm. me until maybe, I don't even know, probably on TV when they started um, A Vet's Life. Great show. I mean, I feel like sometimes, you know, because you were an exec board member of Valid, mm -hmm. and which is our uh, diversity and inclusion club on campus. And if a student is not in that space actively or has ex had that lived experiences, they might not understand why diversity is so important. And this is part of the reason is like, doesn't it, doesn't it just like make you feel better to see people who like have a similar lived experience than you as you? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like when I first came to vet, um, came to UF, I was very intimidated by the fact that I knew a lot of my classmates aren't going to look like me. Mm -hmm. A lot of them weren't going to have the same experience as me. Yeah. And I wasn't sure how that was going to translate into, like, 
fitting into the class well sure. and things like that. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, you can't prepare for that. Yeah, you really can't. It's one thing to know. So if student, if you're an underrepresented minority student and you're like, I recognize that I'm going to go to a PWI and people might not look like me or speak the same language, my first language, uh, you are wise to mentally prepare for it, but you can't really prepare. Yeah. It's not going to be like how it actually is when you get here. Uh, okay, so back to clinics. So client communication, you're on clinical rotations right now. You started in May yep. in clinics. So we are now on May to June. You're like fourth month of clinics? Yep. How Something many like blocks have you had? What block are we on? We're on block I now. Okay, so we're basically halfway through clinics? Yeah, I guess so. Talk to me about... You don't have to say which rotation was your least favorite, but like which rotations have you loved? What has surprised you? Talk to me about the clinic journey. Um, so something that I kind of surprised me was radiology. I really liked. Oh, I struggled with that in when we took the class in second year. Like, I think I did well in the class, but I felt like I was struggling as I went through it. Yeah. And then when we had the rotation, I feel like I learned so much. Like it just like a lot of things clicked and even though it was online and we weren't like in person mm -hmm. doing it, like when you do get to your in-person clinics, you can follow up with your patients and go over to radiology and like talk to the radiologists about the images. And it's just, I don't know. It was my first rotation. And I feel like it was a really nice one to start mm. off on. Um, okay. So radiology surprised you. Radiology is going to haunt every service, right? I mean, pretty much yeah. everything that's coming in is getting an x-ray. Yep. So it's radiology is a foundational skill. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. What other rotations have we loved? Um, I really loved pathology. So actually you're coming out with these like random <laughs> services. Okay. Why pathology? <laughs> so it was really hands-on because we're doing necropsies. Um, we oh, can't mess it up. It's dead. Yeah. So exactly. that's good. No yeah. pressure. No pressure. Um, and yeah, it was just really interesting because you get like, you it's kind of like a review of anatomy for me. Sure. Because we get to go through everything all over again. Yeah. Um, and just kind of seeing what we could see on the necropsies. Um, so, so far you've said radiology and pathology. I feel like there's a trend here. Because it kind of feels like a lot of like just examining, looking, problem solving. Do you feel like those are related a little bit? Maybe. I feel like there's something happening here. Okay, let's see if the next one... How did you deal with the smell, though? What do you think about the smell? The smell... Okay, there are days where I handle it better than others. Mm -hmm. um, usually, I was fine. It usually depended on, like, what was going on in the digestive tract. Preach. Oh. Once I got there, it was... Sometimes it's tough. Yeah. You both... Also, I want to point this out. Radiology and pathology, both excellent work-life balances. Yes. So, like, radiology... Mm -hmm. There. I mean, sure, of course, some, an emergency can come in. And, like, you have to quickly deal with that. But it sounds like the rotation was, like, cases. Like, you're just going through the cases. Pathology, mm -hmm. getting there at 1 o'clock, staying with these dead animals, like... Till 5. Till 5. Yep. Okay. Let's see Let's see another... What's another rotation you've liked? Let's see if there's a trend there. Okay. Um, Practice-based clerkship. Okay. Practice-based small animal clerkship. Yep. Um, I did that at a local um, animal hospital, mm -hmm. West End Animal Hospital. And that one, I also feel like had a really good like work-life balance. Okay. The hours were super nice. Sure. Um, the doctor I worked with was amazing, super efficient. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was nice to get to see like medicine, like in, know, real, in life. real life. Yeah. yeah. How much client interaction communication did you have on practice-based? I had a decent amount. Like we would, it depended on the day because on Mondays we would do, was like surgery days. Mm -hmm. 
And then like throughout the rest of the week, we would be seeing appointments. So then. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up because for my students who haven't started volunteering yet, a lot of practices do that where it's like Mondays and Tuesdays or surgeries or however they do it. Not every vet is there every day. Sometimes yeah. vets are working four days a week. If you're at an emergency practice, throw all of that out the window. Things yeah. happen differently. So it's very important to expose yourself to multiple types of clinics to see how they operate and find out what you enjoy. Do you have a doctor voice that you use when you talk to clients? A doctor voice? I mean, it's not much different from my customer service voice. Oh, just... what does your customer service voice sound like? Oh, let me see. Like, pretend I'm a client. Okay. Yeah. Hi, this is Ashley calling from the U.S. Small Animal Hospital. <laughs> I was just calling to check in and see how Lily has been doing since she's gone home. If you could just give me a quick update, let me know. I love that. It sounds like um, like a phone tree. Like, if I call a number and they're like, press one for blank. Yeah. Um, when you were a tech, did you tech at more than one place before vet school? Um, so I only officially teched at one place, um, but I did work at a wildlife hospital and I worked in their nursery department, but they let me do some of the tech responsibilities, like give treatments and stuff. Talk to me about the differences between being a tech and being a student on clinics, like responsibility differences. Mm -hmm. Is it hard to transition from technician to now being more of like the history taker? What's that transition like? Oh yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a lot harder to transition. Like when I when I was in my practice based um, clerkship, for example, I kept wanting to like I kept thinking that I was still like do had tech responsibilities like filling out the blood work pa paperwork and yes. things like that and like making sure the blood went to the right place and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I mean, of course, I would help the techs out with all of that, but the doctor was like, I mean, you don't like. It's weird, right? It yeah. feels wrong. Like, oh, I'm not being helpful. Right. But yeah. you have to transition into that new space. Mm -hmm. I do feel for the students who have like a heavy tech background. I'm like, oh, this might be hard for them. Yeah. Okay. Now, students listening, I'm going to tell you one of the biggest pieces of advice that I have for applications and interviews. Never go negative. Never talk bad about anybody else. But I do want to know, Ashley. <laughs> Which rotations did you not jive with? And of course, like nothing bad about, it's not not necessarily because of like the folks on it, but which rotations were like, this is not really for me. Okay, so I have one. <laughs> that does, it, I, does it immediately come to mind? Yes, immediately. <laughs> but here's the thing. I like the rotation at the end of it. Okay. It's just halfway through, I was just so overwhelmed. Like it got to the point that I was literally like crying in pharmacy. Like I just broke down. It was, oh. I was just very overwhelmed. Oh, cause you had to run and go get drugs? Like, no. So like the day was crazy. And then when I went to go get drugs, they're like, oh, we just, just give us 10 minutes. It'll be ready soon. And like when I finally had time to like sit down and yeah. breathe, yeah. I just broke down. Like, it was like. <laughs> Okay, so will you tell me which rotation it was? Yes, this was small animal internal medicine. Yo, internal medicine's tough. It's intense, but okay. I had it early on, and I feel like because of that, I can like, I can do anything, Alex. Okay, like <laughs> first of all, I agree with you. So by the end, did you do you feel like you enjoy it because you made it through it and you were resilient, or because you learned a lot, or both? Both. Okay, definitely both. What were some cool cases you saw in internal med? Um, ooh. oh, wow. I'm sorry. Like the first thing that's going to come to mind is all the vomiting and diarrhea because those are like the most common. Uh huh. 
Um, and they're they're in internal med because the assumption is what there's a foreign body like why or just something's going on well a lot of it is more so chronic by the time they get to internal med if it's a foreign body usually they go through like emergency that makes sense but like if it's something like associated with um, organ dysfunction of uh-huh. any kind yes then that's more of an internal med thing. and internal med are we treating with medicine surgery like all the things what are we doing we're working with oh, a lot of services yeah you do work with a lot of services um it really depends on what's going on, but you can treat with surgery, but like they would get sent off to the surgery department at that point. It's a lot of diagnostic workup, and I think that's like the coolest part for me. You're into that. Yeah. Like I really like, I mean, it's, I know it's not always realistic for the real world, but like they have the CTs, yeah. they have yes. all the imaging, the um, ultrasounds. That's right. like my favorite. They can favorite. do all the things. Why yeah. is it your favorite? Um, so ultrasound, so in our radiology department, it's just such a peaceful place. Like you every like time radiology. I would follow, yeah, every time I'd follow a patient up to ultrasound, like their voices are really low, the lights are low, oh, and it's just such a chill Ambience. vibe. And it's like your day could be going crazy, but the minute you get into the ultrasound room with the radiologist, it's just like. That's strong environmental wellness right there, which is huge. Some people thrive in chaotic environments. That's not me. What service do you think is chaotic? Um, emergency medicine is definitely There's a lot chaotic. going on. That like, checks out. Yeah. So some students really love all that go, go, go. Other people might love radiology. I mean, hell, we call radiology the bat cave. Like, it's <laughs> dark in there when they're going through their but, x-rays. Yeah. Did you know that for senior skits, one of the traditional senior skits is to have students say which rotations they cry on? Oh, really? Yeah. So no, I'm like, oh, know. you can do that for uh, internal yeah, there med. There we go. Yeah. And then it's funny because some students cry on, like, every rotation. So they're just, like, in an entire skit by themselves, just listing all oh, of them. Oh, my God. We're talking about like communication in clinics. Talk to me about relationships you're forming with your classmates. Because I feel like the first two years you find your friend group and you have your people. But once you get on clinics, a lot of times that gets separated and you meet all these new people that you never interacted with. Right. Talk to me about that journey for you. I actually really love that journey. Yeah. Like I get to interact with so many classmates, literally, like you just said, that I've never really talked to before. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, these people are like really cool. Yes. Like, I I like it and it sometimes I get frustrated because I'll see people in the first two years and they either will be like clicky or mm. they'll say like, Ugh, I haven't found my friend group yet. And I'm like, just wait. It's gonna completely change. And there are people who are like ride or dies and then all of a sudden they get on clinics, they never see them again. I'm like, mm, yeah. maybe you were that close. <laughs> so I do I appreciate it and I think I firmly believe and I think this is a big part of diversity, that the more folks who share their stories the more we can become empathetic and relate to others. So if you had a student or a friend or a classmate who you're like, I don't know them, but I've heard this about them or I've seen their social media and I have this preconceived notion. But then once you get on clinics, that can completely change. You're like, oh my God, this person's amazing. Right. So I love that y'all get exposure to everybody yeah. else in your class. What rotation have you not been on yet, but you're really excited about? Um, VCOP actually, I have that next. Ooh, so, yeah. Do you like surgery? Um, surgery, so it actually makes me really nervous and kind of uncomfortable. So I'm excited to like get exposed to that. I love that for you because yeah. you're going to be doing them. Yeah. VCOP, um, we have an episode on the podcast about VCOP if you want to listen to it. It's a two-week rotation. There are specific surgery days. There are specific days that you're going out to shelters. Um, are you interested in shelter med? Why did you pick that rotation? Just for the surgery experience. Awesome. Good for you for putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. I like when people graduate. So Dr. Darby Toth, who graduated in 2021, did fifth, I'm going to butcher this, but I think she did close to 1,600 surgeries wow. by the time she graduated, which was mostly through Operation Catnip. 
Then there's people who graduate who literally do one surgery and that's just through their surgery, sophomore surgery lab. So good for you for like facing the anxiety about surgery. Do you have a goal of how many you want to get done? Let's set oh, a goal, Ashley. I don't even know like what a realistic one is. I know I'm going to throw out 50 just because it's so uh, nice. That feels high. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I've heard that some students can get like 24 in, but I don't know if that's still going on. So like, I would say five. I would shoot okay. for five okay. because like, what if it's a slow day? That's true. Yeah, yeah. But fifty would be amazing. I'm not sure how crazy you're gonna it go was, and like so. do the whole shelter. Yeah. <laughs> is there any other ones that stand out where you're like, oh, I'm looking forward to the to this? Or is there any where you're like, oh, I'm I'm afraid I've heard I'm nervous about? I'm honestly I'm nervous about surgery. Okay. Um, Are you doing I've ortho heard... or soft tissue? Both. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I've heard a lot of different things about it, but. I mean, it is what it is at this point. I like that people, because I'm, I'm in that, I'm in, still in our group chat for facilitators. So mm -hmm. I'm seeing people talk about their experiences, and it does feel like it can be totally different depending yeah. on what week you're on. Um, also, I mean, it's kind of like foaling, right? Like if you are doing equine medicine in October, nothing's happening. But if you're right. doing it in January, oh my god. I think it's great to hear different perspectives from different people. You probably know some people who are like, I cannot take their word for it because they're either dramatic or they're maybe very pessimistic. Right. So it's good to get multiple perspectives and opinions. Yeah, we should probably, just for fun, we should probably talk about like clinic optimization. So when you were a sophomore, y'all had to pick clinical rotations. Yep. And I know it's very stressful for most of the class and people get really anxious and they want to get what they want to get, but then they start clinics. And to me, it's maybe not as big of a deal picking, the, like talk to me about that. Yeah, so um, when you're picking the rotations, it do, it is a very stressful process because you feel like there are these things that you absolutely have to get mm -hmm. and you, so you get in your head that if you don't get it, you might not be as prepared or right. things like that. And I wouldn't say, I don't think I got my, I definitely didn't get my top two choices, but I mean, the top two that I picked were like extremely competitive. I put ultrasound and dentistry right. and you know, what are the odds anyone's going right. to get that? But for the most part, I got like all the electives I wanted. Uh -huh. And then after that, you have the option of like, you can meet with Melissa and like alter your schedule. And I feel like that's also helpful because it's not like you pick what you want and if you don't get it, then you're just stuck and right. that's just, it is what it is. Right. So. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's just like a really chaotic time. I'm like, guys, relax. Yeah. Like, you're going to be fine. And you're going to be so busy on clinics. You're not going to be thinking about what you once picked. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about the difference. And I was talking to John about this, how when you're in class, maybe you're in class, you know, 8.30 to 3, 8 to 5. And it's like you're done. But you're not really done because you have to go home and study. On clinics, mm -hmm. you might get here at 6 a.m. and stay till 7 p.m. for some rotations. Do you feel like you're done, though, when you leave? No. Why? You still have to study on clinics. Because of cases, like, for rounds? Yeah. For cases, rounds. It really depends on the rotation. Like, there are some, like, emergency medicine. I'm, like, I just got off a week of overnight shifts. I was not studying after that. No. But, like, when I was on internal medicine, mm. I felt so behind. Right. And I just felt like I have to be studying something. Like, a lot of times during the day, the doctors will be like, make sure you look this up and do this research. And if you don't have time to do it during the day, then I tried to do it, like, in the evening when I got back. Ugh, I yeah. hate that. How are you staying healthy, well? How are you eating? How are you sleeping? How are you exercising? Like, what, to me, clinics... Every two weeks, we say, like, you're starting a new job. I don't know. And I'm a scheduled person. I don't know how I'd be able to function like that. How are you functioning? 
it's pretty hard, Alex. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Like <laughs> your schedule changing every two weeks. Like it's really hard to like get into a routine. I'm typically not the most routine person okay. in the first place. Okay. I just kind of wing it most days. Good for you. But <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's pretty hard, especially like I kept telling myself, you know, I work overnights. Um, this past week on ECC. So I was like, oh, maybe I can get up with enough time to like go longboarding around Depot mm-hmm. Park. Oh my God, that sounds so romantic. It's really nice. But I only did that like my first day. And then after that, I noticed I would come back and like, you know, the adrenaline rush of being at ECC. And I would end up like, if I came back at 2 a.m., I'd go to bed at 4 a.m. And oh, then, interesting, yeah. interesting. Okay, okay. So um, you tried it yeah. and that didn't, that didn't work yeah. out and that's okay. Yeah. Are you, how are you feeling about eventually in January going back to classes and being, taking a break from clinics? Um, I think I'm going to miss clinics, honestly. Okay. I think I will, but I think I'll also welcome the classes and, you know, having a little bit more predictable schedule, a more flexible schedule, because like, since everything moved to Zoom, like that was the best thing to ever happen to me. Like, (laughs) I get it. Being able to wake up whenever and just like watch my lecture whenever I felt like it. Yep. That was amazing. I was living the life. It's a like. whole level of freedom. Yeah. Are you an introvert? Yes. So being Extremely. at home, getting that energy from not being around others. Yes. I loved it. I miss it so much. Uh, okay. So I feel like we really covered the clinic's journey. What did we not talk about clinics where you're like, people should know this or like you want to bust a myth or like people say this and either this is true or this isn't true. What comes to mind? Oh, um, Wow. I mean, people say a lot of things about clinics. Um, I feel like one thing that people should know coming on to clinics is make sure you're prepared for like, I mean, I guess there really isn't a way to prepare for it, but just like being able to interact with clients. Like, I, yeah, it's not an easy transition going from classes because it's been so long since I've been like in the field as a technician having sure. to talk to clients. Right. And my most recent vet- pre-veterinary experience was... Um, in wildlife, so I didn't really interact with clients. True, that much. so true. So it was it was definitely a transition, and um, yeah, I think that's something to be prepared for. But otherwise, clinics has felt like one of those things that you just kind of like show up and do, and you you just you get through it, just figure it out. Yeah. Okay, so like let's talk just general strategy when it comes to working with clients. The only thing that's coming to mind for me. Because you really can't go tech in the middle of classes second year. Yeah. No time for that. There are some LinkedIn learning trainings that everyone at UF has access to. I'm sure other undergrad institutions have LinkedIn learning trainings uh, that help with like communication skills, dealing with difficult people, diffusing situations, crisis management. So you could go the academic route and prepare a little bit that way actual human interaction to deal with clients like nah you just have to do it you have to do it yeah so be comfortable with maybe being uncomfortable for people who need to be prepared my planners out there you will have to accept you can't prepare and plan for all of this you just can't for sure you can do your best and prepare as much as you can but then we have to like let go yeah i think it's more so like a mental preparedness like you have to realize like all right we're coming out of classes in our little shelter box thing right and now we're like seeing the world uh, advice for pre-vet students. What do they need to hear from you, graduate of FAU, current third year, 
What do they need to hear to help them feel better about going into this field? Honestly, um, to feel better about it, I feel like when you when you know you're passionate about it and you know that you love what you're doing, like this journey is hard, but it's like you can absolutely do it. Like I look back at some of the days I spend like a 17 hour day on clinics one time and I was like, it's fine. Like, this is fine. I mean, it's not, but it is. <laughs> and it happened. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, like, I mean, just kind of use your passion to drive you and get you through this journey. Do you ever think to yourself, like, this is exactly where I wanted to be when I was a little kid? Like, this is what my goal was and now yeah. I'm doing it? Yeah, definitely. There are so many times where I have to remind myself that because, like, it does get hard. But I'm like, you know, like years ago, I had no idea I'd be here, so. No, you didn't. Yeah. Ashley, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. You have an excellent podcast voice. Oh, thank you. If you ever want to go into podcasting, I fully support it. Maybe <laughs> as a veterinarian, you can start a podcast for your clinic. I don't know. That's it's, that's a journey. But like if you do radiology, because like that could happen because you're kind of into it or ultrasound. <laughs> you could be like in that nice, quiet, dark room, just like talking through like, okay. We're looking at the ASMR. liver. Yes. We're looking at here. You can hear the like sound of the probe and the gel. Yeah, the, like, like yeah. <laughs> gross. I'm Alex Avellino, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>